Acts chapter 9. We've been going through the book of Acts, and uh, we've made it to chapter 13, uh, but you can never get everything, draw everything out of the Word of God when, you, when you're going through there. And the Lord has led us back this morning to chapter number 9, and uh, we're going to look at this chapter, uh, but for context's sake, we're going to just uh, read verses 25 through 27 this morning and uh, to get us started. Of course, this is uh, speaking of Saul's conversion, uh, the man known as Saul of Tarsus. Uh, we know him as the Apostle Paul, and uh, this is where he came to know Christ as Savior. And so let's read together corporately these three verses this morning. Acts chapter 9, verse 25 down to verse 27. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. The title of my message this morning is one word, it's just remember. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, we come now to this portion of the service where we get in the Word together. And uh, Father, we've been worshiping you corporately in, uh, in singing and uh, praise to your name. Uh, we've spent time this morning in the Word and Life groups. We've spent time praying together for the services. And we've come now to this time where you choose to manifest yourself through your word. And I'm asking you to help me this morning to preach and uh, to deliver a message that will minister to each of our hearts. And everyone will receive it differently. They'll receive it uh, where they're at in their personal daily life and their spiritual life. And we simply just... Uh, submit ourselves to you and the, the word and, and uh, ask that you accomplish that which is pleasing to you in each of us. We pray that this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> I was uh, reading an article uh, of, uh, concerning Bob Costas. Uh, he's a very well-known broadcaster and uh, has done a lot of uh, athletic events over the years. And in 2018, he was awarded the Ford C. Frick Award as he was being in, inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And uh, during his speech, he mentioned his former colleague, a gentleman by the name of Tony Kubek. I barely remember Tony Kubek uh, from when I was just a young boy just getting into sports. And uh, Tony Kubek is a Hall of Fame broadcaster himself. And uh, Bob Costas was teamed up with him in, back in 1983. And uh, he was just a young, green uh, journalist, a news broadcaster. Uh, and Tony Kubek kind of took him under his wing. And taught him how to be an exceptional 
broadcaster. And so 35 years later, being inducted in the Hall of Fame himself, he remembered someone who had great influence in his life. And I think that it is very important for us to remember how we got where we are today. Amen? And uh, this message this morning is just, it's just meant to be an encouragement to each of us. I, I realize this more and more, that people are easily discouraged in the day in which we live. People suffer from depression. They, just suffer, they suffer from anxiety. There's a lot of things that goes on that, that really distracts us from what we are really called to do. And we become troubled in our spirit. And God doesn't want us to live that way. And sometimes it'll help us to just remember how we got here. Amen? Not focus on the now, the, the today, always, but to remember what God has done in our life. And that is the focus of our message this morning as we get in this chapter. I want you to go back to verse five, number 5, and uh, we're going to look at verse 5 and 6 here of this chapter. And I think it is important for us to always take some time to remember how we came to know Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, in, in verse 5, uh, he, was, he was Saul of Tarsus. He was on a journey to Damascus to persecute Christians. To really, his desire was to, uh, to destroy the faith and to keep more people from coming to uh, follow Jesus Christ. And on that journey, he fell to the earth in verse 4, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And in verse 5, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. That was, that was Saul's really first encounter with Jesus Christ. He had encountered Christians left and right. Uh, he had met a number of Christian people. He didn't like Christian people. He despised Christian people. He had, he had gone to many churches and he hated the church. And when he went to the church, he did everything he could to shut the doors of the church. He was a very violent individual. And his desire was to persecute those who had put their faith in Jesus Christ, and as, as a result, keep others from coming to know Jesus Christ. But on that particular day, it didn't matter his previous, uh, his previous reactions toward the gospel of Jesus. On that particular day, Jesus called him by name. Jesus got his attention. And on that particular day... He called him Lord. He recognized him as Lord. And he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And that was the beginning 
of a new life, a changed life. Amen? Now, it is important for all of us. There are times in our life where we may become discouraged, we may become troubled. There comes a time where our walk with God is not what it used to be. And coming to church becomes a chore for certain individuals. Reading the Bible becomes a, 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 a chore for us. We, we're not interested in it. Praying, I mean, who has time for that, you know? And, and, and we become, we get to a place in our life where we're struggling in our faith. At that time, Cecil, you need to remember when you came to know Jesus Christ. Amen? You need to remember where Jesus met you when he called Jeremy by name. And you may have been to church many, many times, or maybe it was the first time in the door, and, and, and maybe you despised Christianity and despised other believers. But you remember, Art, when, when Jesus dealt with your heart personally, and you realized, hey, I am a sinner, and my sin separates me from God. And as a sinner, I am destined for an eternity in hell. But Jesus Christ loved me, and he gave his life so that I could be forgiven of my sins, so that I could be saved, so that my life could be transformed and changed, so that I would not have to put my head down at night in fear that I may not ever reach heaven, but that in Christ I can know I have an eternity that is going to be with the Lord, that is that is, a, that is an inheritance that is undefiled, incorruptible, reserved in heaven for me. We need to remember that. It affects us. Why are we discouraged, Brad? Why are we troubled in our spirit when God loves us so much that he gave his son to, be, to die for us and be our savior? It helps us to remember that. Saul would later become the great apostle Paul and he would travel the known world at that time and preach the gospel and uh, he would go into the synagogues and he would, he would preach Jesus Christ as the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And, and he, would go and, he would go into towns and people would say that this man who has turned the world upside down is now here preaching Jesus. And often when we see him throughout the book of Acts, when he has one opportunity to speak, Brother Traxler, when he has one opportunity to speak, he always goes back to where he met Jesus. And he delivers his testimony of how he was saved. And so when you're fighting it and you're facing it and you don't know what tomorrow holds, go back to where you met Jesus. Amen? Secondly... In verse 20 through 22, remember who you were and who you are now. In verse number 20 of this chapter, he, the Bible says, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them? Which called, which called on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent, that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests. But Saul increased the more in strength, 
and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is the very Christ. Paul never forgot how he once sought to destroy the faith. And the truth is, there were a lot of people who wouldn't let him forget that as well. Right? I remember who you used to be. Uh, you can read in John chapter 9 about the blind man who, who suddenly received his sight. And after he received his sight, all the people said, Is not this he that was blind? In Acts chapter, uh, in Acts chapter 3, we find there that uh, Peter and John were on their way into the temple and they found the lame beggar. And he was asking for money. And Peter said, you know what? Silver and gold have I none, but I'll give you what I do have. I'm going to give you Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And that man began to walk. And when people saw him walking, they all said, is not this he that sat by the wayside begging? People remember who we used to be. And we ought to remember. Stick, you ought to remember who you used to be. I sat by your uh, bald-headed brother yesterday on the plane, by the way. Just like you, man. Talk just like you, too. Same beard and everything. Listen, you ought to remember who you once were. Because I'm going to tell you something. It's the grace of God that gets you to where you are now. Amen? And we ought to, we ought not to forget. There's a lot of things that we want to forget. But we ought not to forget our past, Miss Sarah, and how you once walked without Jesus. Because a lot of times what people do is they turn, they turn from their wicked ways and they begin to walk with Christ. But somewhere along the line they lose their fire. They lose their desire. Their, their love for the Lord begins to fade and as the, as the old hymn says, prone to, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. And, and suddenly we begin, we begin as, we're, as we're walking, we begin to look back there. And we begin to think about what we used to do. And the old way of life and our old friends. And all of a sudden we want to start, we're gravitating back toward that. Never forget Never forget how, how your life was in a wreck and a shamble and messed up. And how your life was without Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you something. Remember who you were, but praise God for who you are today. Alright? Our life should be changed. Our life should be different. The farther I get away from those days, I ought to just... Realize that man, it's almost as if that guy never existed, Liz. It's, a, it's as if he never, he never was because I don't even recognize him. Because the grace of God has changed my life in such extraordinary ways. Paul never forgot how he once sought to destroy the faith. But he, he always remembered that he had become a child of God. He was now a preacher of the cross. And he was a living example of what grace can do. And so people, BJ, people may, they, they, they may, when they think of you, they may remember their last memories of you. But when they get to know you once again, may they see 
God's changed his life. Amen? Don't forget, don't forget who you once were. But always be praising God for who you are now. Amen? Remember that, because it'll encourage you. It'll help you. Then, I want us to see that we should remember those who helped us in the beginning. Look at verse 23. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him, to kill Saul. But their laying await was known of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. Listen, if it wasn't for those unknown figures who held the rope as they let Saul down to go and, and, and continue on in the ministry, Saul's life, his testimony would have been completely different. We would have known very little about him because the Jews at that time would have killed him because he was now a believer in Christ. Remember those, never forget those who held the rope. Who when you were young in the faith, when you were growing in the Lord and you didn't have, you didn't have any answers, much less all the answers. There was very little knowledge of the Bible uh, you were, uh, you weren't exact. You weren't everything that you were supposed to be. Yet they loved you and they helped you along the way. Never forget those people, and then become that person for somebody else. Bill, become that person for somebody else. Remember who held the rope. My, uh, I remember my pastor. His name was Lamar Chenault. And uh, Pastor Chenault, he was, a, he was a guy from Ohio. And uh, he was a rough guy. He used to run. He was a converted Roman Catholic. And uh, used to run with some gangs in Ohio. And uh, he ended up uh, getting out of there. And uh, he, went to, uh, uh, he went to a school where he got into nuclear medicine. And uh, ended up in a church in Memphis and got saved. And then he ended up moving to Huntsville and uh, was attending West Huntsville Baptist Church back in the day. And uh, there was a gentleman who took him alongside his wing and began to disciple him. And uh, Brother Chenault began to grow in the Lord and became a preacher. And I'm going to tell you something, that man became a great soul winner. And when I was a 19-year-old boy... And uh, my life a wreck and not knowing what I needed to do, I was introduced to Pastor Chenault and uh, that man began to pour into me. And he would take me soul winning and uh, we'd go door to door. And maybe I've told you this story before, I don't know. We went one Saturday afternoon to a subdivision and uh, there was a guy that came to the door and uh, Pastor Chenault was talking to him. And he said, let me, let me ask you something. He says, he says, do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? And that gentleman kind of bypassed that question. He said, I'm a preacher myself. And my pastor said, I didn't ask you if you was a preacher. I asked you if you were saved. And this young boy was like, whoa. You know, that, that, he got to the heart of the matter. 
I'm not asking if you're going to church. I want to know, do you know Jesus as your Savior? And we would go, and he would, he would take me to a fast food restaurant, and, and he'd give me a track. He says, I want you to give this guy a track at the cashier. And he encouraged me, and he gave me a, a, a love for the Word of God. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Brother Chenault did everything right, man. He was rough. And uh, he, he was, I, I learned what to do and what not to do, I'll just tell you. But that man poured into my life. And I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for him. Amen? He held the rope when I was, when I was young. In uh, verse 26 through 28, remember those who took a chance on you. The Bible says, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. He would have never become the great... Apostle Paul, if it wasn't for a man named Barnabas, who stood up and took a chance on him. Uh, when I was called to the ministry, uh, I had a guy by the name of Johnny Clardy, and he, would, he was in our church, and he went to the downtown rescue mission in Huntsville, and he went there every month. And uh, I, I said, hey, can I go with you? And I just want to see what you're doing there. And so I went that night. And it was a Saturday night, and I'm not going to lie, I was scared to death. I had a watch. Uh, I was wearing a watch. It, it wasn't expensive, okay? But I took my watch off, and I put it in my pocket, because I didn't want to get beat up somebody take my watch. I, I did. I was thinking that. And I, I went in that room, and I was scared to death. And uh, met a lot of people, and I, I listened to them minister and, and preach. And uh, God just began a lot of fire in my heart. And uh, I, he, he allowed me to start preaching there on occasion. And before long, I had my own ministry there. Uh, because Brother Clardy took a chance on me. He, I, I wasn't a great preacher. Uh, my, my Bible knowledge was growing. And so I was very basic, very limited in my preaching and my messages. It wasn't something that you would right home to mama about, right? But I just want to be used of the Lord. And he took a chance on me. There was a time where I grew greatly discouraged. And I was just about ready to quit church. I was frustrated with some things. I was down. And uh, I was ready to be done with it. And uh, he came alongside of me and encouraged me and helped me. And uh, I served with him up in Tennessee for a, for a few years. And uh, it was under his ministry that God called me to become a pastor. And I, I'm telling you what, don't ever forget those people who influence you, right? Remember them. Remember them. Because if God used them, you can be that person in somebody else's life. If you'll let the Lord do that. So remember those who helped you in the beginning... And verse 32 and 35, remember those you have helped. Uh, here, uh, things begin to change a little bit. We're in Acts chapter 9, 
And uh, we're looking here at uh, Peter now. And it says, And it came to pass, as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named uh, uh, Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt in Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Remember individuals like Aeneas will encourage us to keep going forward. Remember those who you've ministered to. Sometimes, sometimes, Casey, you begin to question, am I ever making a difference? Am I making a difference? Well, remember those who you've made a difference in their life. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a couple. When I was very young in the Lord, we had, a, we had a couple of guys went on Saturday visitation. And they went to a mobile home park, which is about a half a mile from where I lived. And they went door to door in the mobile home park. And they met two young boys. And uh, these little boys, man, they were dirty and, I mean, they were filthy. And uh, they began to talk to them and they asked, where do they live? And so they, they led them to the house and they talked to mama and uh, grandma. And uh, asked if they would, uh, if they were willing to come to church. And they said no. And they said, well, if we can get a ride, can we bring those little boys to church? And they said, sure, we'll be happy to do that. Well, I got the phone call Saturday afternoon asking would I be willing to go up there and pick those little boys up from church. They were like nine, ten years old. And so I did. I went and picked them up. And uh, I fell in love with those kids. Christy and I both, we fell in love with those boys. And uh, we, would, we, we took them Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. They'd go to uh, a youth group on Friday night. They were always there and into something. And I just grew to love those boys. I took them to different places. I took them to do things that they had never done. Now, here's the deal, Brian. They were as dirt poor as you could be in this day and time. I'd go to their home. They, they had no bathroom. Their bathroom did not work. It was a filthy place. Their dad was an alcoholic. Uh, one year, we, we as a church bought them gifts for Christmas. And the day after Christmas, he took them and pawned it all. And got all the money. He was, uh, he was a rough man. Uh, their, their grandmother lived with them. She was in her 70s. Her skin was like leather. She was the one that I went to reach out to and had, was, had uh, chewing the back in her mouth. And spit it out. I'd never seen that. I'm from Alabama. I'd never seen that. And she just sitting there talking to me and spit and chews running down her mouth. First lady I ever led to the Lord. That lady right there. Shane and Tony came to Christ. I, I remember I, I took them to Walmart and I brought I bought them some uh, uh, some slacks and uh, a blue shirt and a tie so that they could so that they could look nice. Those kids thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And uh, they, we, just, we just invested in them. And over time, they got saved. Their mama got saved, all baptized. And over time, she, uh, she had divorced her husband. 
she, she ended up moving to South Alabama, and uh, that was the last time I saw those boys. They were teenagers then. Loved those guys. Well, when Shane was around 20 years of age, I got a phone call, and uh, he was out one Friday night, and uh, ran off the road and hit a tree and killed him. My father-in-law said, uh, I'll never forget this, he said, uh, aren't you glad you invested in those boys when they had a time, when you had a chance? Never forget those boys. I'll see them in heaven one day. Amen. Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget the people you help along the way. It'll encourage you through some dark times. Lastly, look at verse 36. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. It came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. And when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as little was not a job, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. And Peter rose and went with them, and when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Remember those who loved you and ministered to you. No matter how big or small, always be thankful for the ways people have poured fresh water on your hands. Amen. It's good to be loved, isn't it? I can't thank the church enough for what you did last week with Whitney. They're at a family reunion this week. I'm thankful for the love this church shows. We ought to love one another, right? 
I want you to know this. If you ever get down, if you ever get frustrated, you get discouraged, don't ever think people don't love you. Amen? Sometimes we don't have time to get to everybody and talk to everybody. But it don't mean that you're not loved. Those widows, they were sitting around and they were, they were showing that preacher, this is what she did for us. Out of the goodness of her heart, she loved us. You'll never go wrong with loving people and being a help and a minister to them. Right? And you need to remember how people do that in your life. But it's good if you can remember how you've done that in other people's life. Don't quit. Keep going. Don't be frustrated. God's too good for that. Don't get discouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. God's been too good. He saved you not for you to get discouraged and quit. He saved you, Carrie, because he's got a great work for you to do. Help somebody along the way. Minister to them because you'll never regret the opportunity that you had. Remember who you were. But who you were doesn't have to define you. Just think of what you can be. And think of where God's brought you. Let's bow our heads this morning.